got over to my computer this morning. When I opened it up, you know how you, your page kind of rolls up and starts opening up things. There's this, this banner up on the top right-hand side that says, Valentine's Day tomorrow. Uh, so it, it let me know that Valentine's Day was coming, uh, at least that it was, it was happening tomorrow. So I've got a question for you tonight. My question for you is, how's your love life? All right, now before you answer out loud, all right, let me explain the question, okay? What I want to know is, how is your love light shining out in the world, okay? I'm not talking about your anything, the world's idea of love life and that sort of thing. I'm talking about your relationship with God. How's your love life? So this, we're going to start tonight in Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be all over the place in the scripture, so y'all turn with me first to Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verse 37, and we're going to first discuss your love for God. There was a, a question asked the Lord Jesus to test him. And in verse 36, it says, Teacher, the question is, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. How's your love life with God? How is it that you express your love for God? How is it that you, uh, you follow your love of God? So we've got some things that I wanted to talk about, especially gathered around your love for God. So the first commandment, now we study this on Wednesday night with the kids, and the way that we explain it to the little ones is we tell them that commandment number one is to put God first. Put God first. And that shows our love for Him. Whenever we put Him first in anything that we do, in all of our interactions with all of our relationships, all of our business deals and all of the things that we do, when we put God first, it shows that we love Him the most. And that's what we are called to do. Can we do that perfectly? No, not this side of heaven. But we should be striving to. Uh, we should be working toward loving God the most and following His will and His way. As Jesus said when He was asked about the greatest commandment, because at that time the commandments were the big deal. They they were the rules and regulations that you had to follow in order for you to go to heaven was the mindset. You could not reach the kingdom of God unless you obeyed the commandments. And they asked him, which is the greatest one of, out of all the commandments? And he says, love God. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. And uh, there's another passage of scripture that puts in there all your strength as well. So you see... Loving God is the very first thing that we need to do, especially when we're talking about our love life. But what about the things that God has allowed us? What do we love about God? What do we love His Word? You see, there's something about God's Word that should be uh, drawing us to it, especially when we love God, when we put Him first, He's going to lead us to His Word because this is His revelation to us about how we are not only to love Him, but we are to relate to Him and to others. 
Some have described it as a love letter to us from God. So now, if you had someone had written you a love letter, would you read it? Would you keep it? Would you go back to it every once in a while and pull it out and look at it again? Yeah, I think so. You know, God has revealed to us, especially a love letter that's this long, and uh, it takes, if you read diligently 15 minutes a day, uh, you will be able to read through your love letter from God in a year's time. But that's just, you know, how long it is. There's so much in it. You see, we've got to make sure that we are ingesting it because it is nourishment to us. Turn with me to Psalm 119, right in the middle of your Bible, Psalm 119. We're going to first look at verse 11, but Psalm 119 is all about God's revealed word, God's commandments, God's precepts, God's statutes, all of those things, God's law, it's, uh, God's judgments. The, the, those words, all of those words are uh, used to describe God's commandments to us, God's words to us. So in this, this psalm, the longest uh, chapter in the Bible, if you want to look, look at it that way, the, the longest song in Psalms, verse 11 says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. He's, he's asking God to reveal His Word to him and teach it to him. Now, it says in verse 9, How can a young man cleanse his way? By, heed, by taking heed according to your Word. Speaking of God's Word. Now, going all the way through this, uh, this wonderful psalm, there's so many uh, good verses in there. Uh, verse 105, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Verse 130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You see, all the way through this, it tells us that God's word leads us and guides us. Now, how are we going to know where God wants to lead us and guide us if we're not participating with him through his word? You see, he directs us and guides us. Uh, how many times have you been hurting or uh, in question about something and then you go and you read a passage of scripture or somebody texts one to you and it hits the nail on the head and it ministers to your heart that very instant you see God's word is alive it's active it is ministering to you completely because of his love for you he wants you to know that his word is the key to righteous living here in this world you see we read the word of God with God's help enlightening us by the Holy Spirit leading us through the word to deal with the things that we deal with and to walk the way that he wants us to walk as he guides us through life the the word of God uh, how do you love it how how's your love life shown in your love for the word of God I understand it's not easy to read if you've got a maybe a King James version uh, but if you want to uh, to read the King James Version along with another version that helps you to understand it better, uh, that puts it in maybe a little bit more modern-day English, I suggest to you the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, it's a good reading Bible, and you can have the King James there with it, and if you have a problem, can't figure out what the King James is saying, 
go to the more modern translation to help you understand it. Uh, having those helps helps you to understand it and be able to relate to it better. D uh, don't take any excuse from Satan that prevents you from studying God's Word. Don't believe anything that he will tell you. You can understand it. God wants you to understand it. And you can spend time in it. God wants you to spend time in it. Don't listen to Satan when he tells you you'll, it doesn't apply to you or it's okay for you not to read it and all those things. You see, God wants to minister to you through his word. Your love life with God should, should be, should start, should continue in your love for his word. How about his work? When you love God, you're going to love his work. And when you love God, you're going to be looking for where God is working. You're going to be searching out to see what God is doing, and you're going to want to help out in that or get plugged in in that area. You want to be able to be a part of what God is doing. And if you're not looking for where God is working, you're going to miss it every time. But if you've got the eyes, if you desire it, if you're looking for what God wants to do, in and around you, in your church, your family, wherever it is, God will show you the opportunities that he's allowing you to be a part of his work. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus is talking about the church when he, he called Peter the rock, and he said, on, on this rock, on the profession that Jesus Christ is Lord, he said, I will build my church, and he said, the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, against the church. So you know, the church has free reign in this world. The church is going forward, taking enemy territory, should be. And I heard somebody ask the other day, Bridget told me that there was a discussion about the armor of God and why all the armor goes on the front of the soldier. It's because we're to be pressing forward. Uh, we're not to turn our back to the fight. We're supposed to keep going. We're supposed to move forward because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Jesus said that. He's won the victory for us. So we should be working toward, moving toward what he desires for us to do, and that is to continue to fight for his kingdom, taking new ground. That's what, in, that's what armies do. They protect the ground that's already been taken, and they move forward taking more ground. So we, uh, being a part of God's work, we protect the ground that we have. We teach, we preach, we disciple, we engage, we do all those things here, but out there, we're pressing forward. We're searching for new ground, ground that the enemy holds right now, but we're moving forward and, ask, and, and, and defeating the enemy in the name of Jesus. How about your love for God's work? If you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. Ask God to show it to you, and he will. Uh, your love for God is shown in, in your love for his word, your love for his work, and also your love for his people. As we discussed this morning, in, in and among God's people, there should be no competition and no jealousy because we're all in this together. We need each other. We, we push forward together. We, we're not the lone rangers. We, we're out there. We're, we're working with the team, and the team is the church. It's just like the body, as is, is, uh, this description in the, in the scripture uh, talks about it. Uh, I may be a mouthpiece, you may be a hand, there may be a foot, there needs to be an ear, there needs to be a nose, eyes, all of those things. All of those parts of the body have different functions, but they complete the body so that the body can do what it's supposed to do.
So we need everybody. Everybody should be engaged. If you don't love that uh, part of the body, you are disconnecting yourself from that part of the body. You see, we can't afford that. We can't afford for the nose to not like the ear or the nose to not like the feet just because they smell. I knew that. I, I, said, I said it while, I mean, when I was saying it, I said, don't say that and it's still. But we've got to, we love one another. And the reason that we love one another is because God loves us first and allows us to love one another, shows us how to love one another. He loved me when I was completely unlovable. So he allows me to love those who are completely unlovable, if I'm willing. You see, he does that in us. What we should be doing is allowing iron to sharpen iron. You see, that's what we do with one another. We encourage one another. We strengthen one another. We make sure that we hold each other accountable, all those things. We need each other. So our love for God is shown in our love for people. In 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to turn over there real quick and read that to you. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. Now, now listen to this because it's, it's speaking to the people in the church. All right? If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen... How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. You see, that's, that's speaking to the church. And you know what? We don't have the option to like one another. God's told us that we've got to love one another. So, if God loves us when we're completely unlovable, why can't we love somebody else when they're completely unlovable? We can if we allow God to love through us. When we love God, we're going to love Him, His Word, His work, and His people. Now, how about your love for eternal things? Your love for eternal things. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. A lot of times we get caught up in the present world. Of course, this is the only world that we know right now, and this is, these are the only things that we know right now. But the Scripture tells us this is not all that there is. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 and 21, it says, Lay up for yourselves uh, treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You see, when we love God, we're going to focus on and love eternal things. Eternal things, not temporary things, not the temporary things of this world, but eternal things, things that are going to last forever. So let's, let's talk about that for just a minute. Uh, what are some eternal things that, that are going to last forever? First of all, our praise and worship. Our praise and worship is going to last forever. You know, we're practicing now. We're, we're, it's just like whenever the choir gets together for a cantata. We practice for six or eight weeks, you know, leading up to the time of the performance. And what we're doing here now, we're practicing for true worship in heaven before the throne. We are worshiping God here and now. And I'm not talking about a particular style of praise and worship. I'm talking about the time that we get together to sing hymns the time, or praise songs. Whatever it is, you might be singing in your car along with the radio, one of those new Christian hip-hop uh, rap songs. 
But if you're praising God in that rap song, it's still praise. Now, that's not my particular style, but I like Christian contemporary music. So I praise God with that. Now, y'all don't see this, but a lot of times on Sunday mornings before everybody gets here, I get in here and sing right by myself. Bridget caught me the other day. I was, she was outside, and she said, I wouldn't come in because I could hear you outside. And I, was, I just, I, it's, it's great to be able to just stop and praise the Lord because this is all practice for one day when we get there before Him. And imagine, you know, if you hadn't practiced praising the Lord, and imagine being out of practice and standing before God and trying to praise and worship. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of those nightmares that you have. You know, you wake up with, with sweat and you're wondering, you know, what happened? It, and you say, well, these bad things happened. To me, that would be one of the worst things ever, standing before God. And he, he asked, he said, you know, are you going to start praising me now? I hope, to, I hope that my praise here and now is pleasing to him. I want to be in practice. I want to be... I want to be uh, uh, ready on the day that I get to go praise Him in person and worship Him. In, in Psalm 103, I'm going to go over there and read that one to you. Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. That's 104 verse 1. Just, if you ever wonder, you know, I, I can't think of the words to praise God with right now. I can't, you know, I, right now I'm just struggling to put it all into words. Turn into the book of Psalms and, and flip through there. And you'll find some words to praise God with. And, and what, before you know it, if you're, if you're like me, before you know it, you'll start reading a few things and you'll, and you'll be in a praise mood before you know it and you'll be praising God and thanking Him for all of His goodness and that praise and worship will just flow from you, through you, uh, and back to God. And by the way, worship comes from God. He, he puts it on our heart to worship and we worship Him and He gives us the strength to worship and the spirit to worship and then we worship back to Him, and it's just like a flowing relationship, back and forth. God allows us to praise and worship Him. Loving eternal things. Praise and worship is the, the first thing that is eternal. The next thing is, is our citizenship in heaven. Are you longing for or are you looking forward to the day you go home to be in heaven? Are you looking for, forward to heaven? Remember what Jesus said about that in, in John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. He says, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He's prepared a place for you. And imagine Jesus, who knows you better than anybody else, preparing a place for you. And you can just imagine. Uh, I, I try to imagine what heaven's going to be like. But if he knows me the way that it, I know that he knows me, whatever it's going to be like, it's going to be heaven, literally, for me. Because it's designed for me. It's, it's crafted for me. It's made for me by the one who made me. So I know that it's going to be made purposely, particularly for me. And how awesome that is going to be. Are you looking forward to, are you looking forward to spending time in his presence. 
you know, one of the great things about looking forward and going to heaven is being in his presence, of course, but imagine all the things, all the things that we're going to see there. And also imagine that you don't have to hurry through anything because time is no object there. Time goes on forever and ever. And where's Ava back there? You won't have to sleep, Ava, in, in, in heaven because there won't be any darkness, remember? No night. We talked about that on Wednesday night. She said, but I like to sleep. But praise the Lord, we'll have all of the energy. We'll, we, we, will, we can't understand a portion of what it's going to be like. Do you love eternal things? Now, for the last thing tonight. Your love for eternal things will show up in your willingness to go to the lost and tell them about Jesus. You see, Christ gave us a commandment in Matthew chapter 8. I'm sorry, 28, verse 19. The very first words in the Great Commission is go. Go. So when we, are, when we have our mind on eternal things, you see what we're going to do is we want to have people there to join us. We want to tell our friends about that wonderful place that we're headed to, the wonderful Savior who saved us from this, this present evil age and brought us into his kingdom. We're going to love them because he loved us. And when we love him, he's going to show us and give us a love for others. And he's going to want us to share that love with them. So when you love God, you're going to be looking out for eternal things, praise and worship, looking forward to heaven, and seeking to bring friends and family and others with you. So... The question, the question tonight is, as we've talked about this, how's your love life? How's your, your love life with God? If we, if we need to work on it, and we all do, why not start tonight? Why not seek Him with all of your heart? Why not love Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and allow Him to love people through you? Allow Him to work in the church in and through you and grow that love for his word in you that you need. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and thank him for his love for us tonight. God, you are so good in that you loved us before we were lovable. You have lavished upon us a beautiful love, a forgiving love when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. The scripture says you demonstrated your love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You sent your son for us. Our love for you should be automatic. But Father, sometimes it's, we struggle. Help us, Father, to love you more in greater ways, turning our heart and life over to you, turning to your word for the strength and the and the 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 spirit to live by what you wrote according to your will and your way. So, Father, as we express our love to you tonight in prayer, in praise, in worship, in the studying of your word, Father, it's my prayer that we'll be pleasing to you. And, Father, tonight show us where our love, our love life can be bettered 
And Lord, help, help us to be obedient to, to make those improvements. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen.